Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming back to you guys today off of a fun episode that we did just last week where we kind of recap the first week of the season so it was great to come back on here and get back in the season and talk about some games talk about everything fun going on um, and everything going on in Kingsland. Um, you can find all of our episodes streaming on apple Podcasts and spotify we did a we did a bunch through the off season and leading up to the season so check us out um and if you're not on there you can find us wherever you find your podcast bring in in my coast as always today ryan was good What's going on? Pretty pumped. Kings got that W tonight. Just came out and beat Chicago. Um, you know, it's always good to get a W, but, you know, Darren Fox got banged up. Hopefully that doesn't uh, uh, keep him out too long because if that happens, we're in some real trouble. Other than that, it's been a decent week. I'm excited to be back as always. I know we're doing the pod tonight. I think we're hitting one this weekend. So I'm excited, man. Let's get to it. Yeah, so we're recording this right after the Bulls game. So it's January 6th. Last record was on December 28th. So uh, kind of covering games in between that time period. It's always, yeah, you're right, though. It, coming in off of a win. We were going to do it the other night, but it was just like, it was against Golden State. They got their ass kicked. It was late. We were tired. We're like, you know, f- dude, fuck this. Like, why, what's, why talk about this right now? Let's try to go and get another game underneath the belt and just add a little bit more positivity to the show. Because there's just so much going on, right? I mean, I don't even know where to start. It's crazy. Basketball's back. You know, the game threads that we're doing on Kingsland are active, and all the posts on Kingsland is active. So if you guys uh, are looking for a place to interact with us, interact with other Kings fans, check out our page, Kingsland. It's on Facebook. It's a public Facebook group. It's just like one giant big Kings uh, group text, and you know, a lot of takes are going on out there. And then we do our game threads, which have been super popular. But a lot of stuff coming out there, man. Uh, fuck, Ryan, where do we start? It's like, so So I guess we last recorded the Kings had – started off surprising you know they they beat the nuggets two times they beat the suns and it's like everybody's freaking out you're seeing the posts you know the western conference standings and the kings are you know tied for second in the western conference stand so everyone's everyone's loving it which you know excited everyone's excited but then they come out and they play the rockets take two l's from the rockets play the warriors take two l's there's the shit going on with marvin bagley he has an up and down game you know people start freaking the fuck out. I mean, the world, the sky's falling. So how crazy things change just in the week. We went up, we went down, we went up, right? Like in a short time. How crazy. Yeah, and you know, it's 
typical Kang's fan uh, fashion, the roller coaster ride, the jump to conclusions. But, you know, that's what makes being a Kings fan fun, I guess. It's all we really have. Uh, but, you know, biggest thing for me, guys, is give the team some time. You know, I've been saying for <clears throat> a few weeks now that you really got to give this team, you know, probably 15 to 20 games to really see what we're working with. And, uh, you know, after seven games, um, it was made really actually, it was after five games, people were you know, jump into huge conclusions. So it's going to be an up and down season. We have young players. Uh, we have a roster that hasn't really played together too much. Um, so just give it some time and, you know, stop the overreaction. Stop, you know, um, already crowning people MVPs and best players on the teams and all this stuff. And for guys that have only played five to seven games, man, give it, you know, give us another month. Yeah, it's 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 always like Kings fans, man. Let's, let's talk about Kings fans. Just like how... Any way the wind blows with with the freaking fans, dude. Right? Kings fans. Anyway. Right. So Kings fans, dude. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. Hey, if the wind's blowing bad, then then all the takes are gonna be bad. You know, it's you know the biggest one for me. The 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 take that really frustrates me is last year everybody hated on Buddy Healed, and everybody's take on Buddy Healed was he doesn't show effort. He doesn't show how interested he is. And Buddy Healed came out and averaged a damn near. I think it was nineteen point eight. You know, the year before he averaged 21 or something like that. So, you know, the last two years he's averaged 20 points a game. And his his knock last year from Kings fans was effort. He doesn't play any defense. He makes low IQ plays. Well, this year he's putting a lot of effort out there. And people can say whatever they want. Buddy Heald is playing – he's playing some defense, right? He got, he got tasked with checking um, – you know, Zach Levine tonight, which is a hard task. Zach Levine's going to get his, right? But he struggled from the field. You know, he had 10 points on like two of nine from threes. Um, you know, so people are already jumping to conclusions that, oh, Buddy sucks, Buddy's this. Well, Buddy's doing exactly what everybody wanted him to do last year. He's playing defense and he's showing that he's interested. He's playing smart. He really is. You know, Buddy's not trying to take people off the dribble. He's not trying to go create where he, where he's not, uh, you know, he's not playing to his strengths and all that stuff. Buddy's doing exactly what he is. And unfortunately, shots just aren't falling right now. Um, so that's the big take for me so far is I want people to just, hey, give Buddy time. Buddy's going to get his. At the end of the 72-game season, Buddy's going to average 18 points a game. It's going to be all good. Well, there's this thing going on right now. And as we start to talk about players and all these, you know, ups and downs that people are feeling towards one player or another, one of the things that you notice out there with the takes is that people have their feelings what now what or their opinions or their takes whatever the case right wherever wherever they come from you know i think a lot of them are subjective on how they feel they like or dislike a guy player whatever reasons who knows right they've got it in their head that they they're going to hate on this no matter what and what happens what happens is that the games, especially when we do, we do these game threads where it's just live the whole game. There's it's constant chatting, right? All week there's chatting. People are posting things all over social media, and it's overanalyzed. And it's one thing that you can't do in a NBA season is overanalyze things game by. You can't even really do it week by week, honestly. It's like months at a time you have to take a look because the the rosters change, rotations change, roles change, and, and ultimately. Uh, matchups, you know, and things change. And so you can't really get too up and down. I really learned my lesson about this last year, you know, really doing Kings cast where we were coming on every week, every, you know, couple times a week and we're dropping takes. It's, it's hard to really be so definitive because things can change so much. And 
what happens is when you overanalyze these these games and you and you're so invested and you have an opinion, you your your opinion. You know, you say, well, let's use it for example, Ryan. Uh, let's take Buddy Hill because that's what you're on, right? Like, oh, Buddy Hill is this and this and that. He's one dimensional, or he, whatever the hate hate is towards him, and he goes out there this one game and he he does that. He proves you right, right? Well, all of a sudden, oh, there you go, there you go. See, see, see. And then what happens is it carries on game over game, and and then what happens naturally is is to the to the contrary to that, where it's you you really like somebody, you really love somebody's play. They go out and they have a good game or they do something, one thing, well, CCC, I was right, I was right. And then for the next week, it's you campaigning for your opinion to be to be there. And, and that's what's – it's tough, man. It's tough because there's so many games, 72 games this year, right? So I, I think I, in my notes, you know, I, we didn't talk about it before. You know, if you're, if you're just checking out King's Cast for the first time, uh, Ryan and I don't fucking script the show. We just come on here and talk. It's unscripted. We don't even really, <laughs> we just kind of come on here, right? And just say shit. And one of the things I wrote down on here is, is um, probably our theme of the episode today, Ryan, for me was going to be can't get two up or two down. So yeah, bringing that in and tying that together, you know, is kind of, uh, kind of fitting after everything that's been going on. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, it, you had made a post. All right. I, I want to touch about this. I before I forget, you had made a post during the game might've been right before the game about Marvin Bagley and you know how people have just been really on this guy. And yeah, he hasn't played great. Okay. He's been inefficient. Uh, he has holes in his game and people are really just going in on him and partly because of what his dad said. Right. But you said it perfectly. You know, you said he's going to come out and he's going to have games tonight where he looks like he's the best player on the court. You know, granted, he didn't play down the stretch. Sacramento brought in Corey Joseph, Hallie Burton, uh, Buddy, Barnes, and Holmes. But you said it perfect, man. You know, Bagley's going to have those games where he's up, you know, way, way up, and he's going to be way, way down. It's going to be a roller coaster, and you have to go along with for the whole season. So go ahead and read that. Uh, do you have it up, Eric? Read it for us just so I don't mess up the verbiage on it. Yeah, I was, like, pulling it up. But in, in, in a nutshell, and, and look it, I mean, I don't, I don't think this is too, like – well, it was just it was good because it, it really for me when I'm sitting there reading it, it's like all right this is you know this is logical this is how it's going to be this is how Kings fans need to go look at it instead of getting like you said so high you know and so low on some points you got to keep that happy medium and you got to keep things in perspective so so basically I mean I don't have the, the post up but basically here's what I said I said if anything you know like tonight what tonight proves is that Marvin Bagley is going to have an up and down season overall and that um, that's just the case with young players in general. One of the things I talked about, you know, with you and you've talked about with me over the last forever year or whatever, is that it takes guys there because they're come, they're one and dones. They barely play in college. They don't develop their bodies. It takes them three to four years really until they really get to that contract extension to take the next level. So that's where my opinion for this comes from. But what I said is he's going to have an up and down, up and down year. And that at the end of the day, his baseline we know was 14 points and eight rebounds. And we know that's his baseline. I mean, really, he's probably going to be slightly higher than that this year. So, you know, just let just go out there and, and let the guy do his thing and just be happy by it. And maybe, you know, I said, enjoy it. And, and be happy and don't be – and maybe just give him a pass for some of these times where he's not that great. If you check – I check box scores around the league – 
every night, right? You could just pull, I mean, I'll close my eyes and pull up a box score and you'll see a guy who's really good that underperformed for a couple games. I mean, I know there's some bullshit going on in Toronto right now with Pascal Siakam where they benched him. They just gave him a max extension. Could you imagine if Pascal Siakam had a max extension in Sacramento and they bench him? You know, it happens all around the league. And so you got to, it's a long, it's, it goes back to what we said, a long season. And one of the things I wanted to bring up with you tonight is, is like putting up expectations for players and then kind of tying our opinions to that. Cause that's something we've always wanted to, you know, we always bring up to do. And, you know, you got, you got, we got really three key players right now who, who are the bulk of the conversation and bulk of the, I would say divisive conversations out there in Kingsland. It's Halliburton, Bagley, Buddy Hill. So you, you touched on Buddy Hill. Here's my take on Buddy Hill before we move off of him is that, you know, we've been the biggest Buddy Hill defender. We did a fucking whole episode on defense of Buddy Hill. I mean, we really like the guy, but, um, you know, I will say I get the frustration. Right? He's not shooting very well. Offensively, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I told you the other day, I, th- I I think Buddy Hill, he's a camper, dude. He's the type of guy who needs to, like, camp and catch and shoot. And, you know, I, I, I think that Luke Walton should dedicate offense to him more to to really get those easy shots throughout the game. I don't really see it. I feel like he, he's forced to create a lot of shots on his own. And, and, and I don't think he's that type of player and putting a guy in that type of situation, um, you know, he's not going to be as efficient, but I get people's frustrations with that. I, I like to see the guy getting full minutes. It's only been not even 10 games yet. So it's like, I'm, 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 I think that his role is going to develop in there and the whole team's role uh, off movement, everything is going to develop. So I'm not, I'm not going to get too angry about that mid season. I think that if this continues mid season, we, we, we will have to be more objective about it, but um, you know, Marvin Bagley, we both feel the same way, right? We're, we're not going to freak out about his stuff that, you know, right? No, no. And especially come at, you know, ex- t- tonight made it easier. You know, he is capable. He, you know what I mean? He is capable to put up 25 and 12. He is. And, uh, and I'm a little disappointed. He didn't get the minutes down the stretch. I would have liked to see that. Um, especially with Darren Fox being out, it'd been nice, you know, Marvin Bagley to get those minutes. There's no reason why they couldn't have ran out with the starting lineup and then inserted Halliburton at the point guard position. Um, but you know, when the Kings get the W, it's hard to argue. It, it is. Um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. So, so let's talk about the fourth quarter. Cause that's, that's a big topic of conversation. I feel like we should weigh in on it because the guy's not getting those fourth quarter minutes. And that's pretty much why his dad got all ticked off the other day and tweeted that shit. And it caused a shit storm in, in, in Kingsland. So uh, let's address it. You know, I, my, my theory on this, Ryan, is that he is right now, his role is offense, <laughs> offense, rebounding. Uh, that's that pretty much, you know, that's the two expectations you can have on him. The guy has a tendency to turn the ball over and he gets ripped at times. And I don't think, that they want to risk that really. I think that they value, it seems to me that right now, you know, Luke Walton and good on him, I guess it seems to value the perimeter defense, if you will, you know, putting in more of the ball and then putting in more of the ball handers. That's why you see Fox, Corey Joseph and Halberton out there in the fourth quarter. Cause you know, they're not going to turn the ball over. You know, they're going to pick up on switches. Yeah. Pretty much. That's that. Right. I mean, that's, I, I, I think at some point he'll he'll get into he'll get in those minutes later in the yeah. season. But right now it's not a big deal to me. As long as he's hitting that minute mark throughout the game, I'm cool with it. 
No, I I get it. I get it. But, you know, it's been seven games and we haven't seen him in that situation yet. And on a night where Darren Fox is out and Marvin Bagley's having possibly his best game of his career, you know, I would I would have just liked, you know, I would like to see him get those minutes. I really would. I want to see what he can do, especially against a Bulls team that really wasn't doing anything in the paint too much. Uh, you know, I, I just I would have liked to see it. That that's all. And I, I, you know, it's hard to come back here and say, well, what if, especially when the Kings won, you know, I'm not going to sit here and bitch and complain about it. It just would be nice, you know, if, you know, on a career night, Bagley gets those minutes, but it is what it is. Kings got the W we can move on. But that's right there, Ryan. It's like, that's that, that statement. I'm not even trying to pick on you, but I, I pick at it at that statement because it goes, it goes back to what I'm saying, where it's like, people have this ideal of how a player should play. He needs to do this. He needs to do that. And like, really, you know, I, with him though, I, it's, I'm cool with that. I don't really, well, I don't care. It's not so much. I'm not saying he needs to, but on a night where your best player, Darren Fox is out for the rest of the game. And you have a guy who was really hot and had a double, double damn near in the first quarter. You know, it's, you, you want to see the guy get those minutes. You want to see what he can do. Uh, but that's just as a fan, you know, but when it comes down to it, they get the W. That's why I'm saying, you know, it's all good and stuff. It just, you know, I, I'm anxious to see Marvin get those minutes. I'm anxious to see him grow because me and you talked about it before the season. We legitimately think this dude could be 17 and 10 this year. He really can, you know, but it's just, it's, it's a confidence thing. It's letting him play in crunch time. Um, and, it, you know, let him get that experience in there that he hasn't had in the NBA. It's been three years and he hasn't had those type of minutes yet. Shit, were they like seven seven games or something? The guys because already at three or four eight, doubles. Sorry, doubles. eight eight yeah eight games and they're four and four now. You know he's got double doubles all day over here. So yeah. so I mean yeah it's fine. I'm not the Marvin Bagley stuff is ridiculous. I I'm I actually don't like that. I keep seeing it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, man. I guess I just gotta let people vent and be dumb and whatever. But uh, the other one, okay, Halliburton. So this is kind of a this is kind of a tricky one for me and you. And I I don't know. But let's go about this because one of the things I don't want to do is I don't ever want to, to I don't want to bring him down to make our point and make it seem like we're bringing the guy down. Cause Jesus, that's not where it's coming from at all. I mean, if anything, we're, we're super excited to see uh, him come in and uh, contribute. Right. Right. I think that here, here's my take on Hal Burton. I think right now the, the Kings are playing, uh, they're playing about eight or nine guys in the rotation. Okay. That's it. It's not very. It's not a very deep rotation, and the guys. That guy's playing a lot of minutes, and so he's playing a. He he has a role within that rotation, and if he and they need they need him to handle the ball. They need him to do some things. If he didn't do those things, it would be detrimental because they're barely playing any, any that many guys. So, it the impact is felt. I think because of that, uh, I think. The whole thing surrounding Hal Burton is this, Ryan. I think people are just super excited by him because the Kings actually had a first round draft pick and he, uh, you know, <laughs> he's actually playing, which is like, that's exciting for them, right? And then it, it, it's one of those things they hate Buddy Heald so much that they just want to see him bring, you know, replace him. The thing about Hal Burton, I was thinking about this during the game, how to, how to phrase this, right? Hal Burton. Uh, every player, Ryan, has a skill set. You tell me what you think about this. Every player has a skill set. Some have, like, specialized elite skill sets, okay? Like, Buddy Hill is a shooter, right? They freaking love it. 
Hal Burton, his skill set is like distributing and and people are like, oh, he's such a great yeah, because he's a he's a point guard. That's like that, that's what he does. Like, right? That's what the guy does. So he's just playing his hand. And I think people love that shit. They love it when a guy jumps in the air and doesn't look and drops it off. They just fucking love it, dude. They're, ah! You know? And, they, and it's like, he's the second best player. It's like, no. He's just doing something that they don't have. Nobody else on the roster right now, that's not really their skill set. It doesn't mean they him better at everything. Because if you want to look at totality of him as a player... He's not scoring, you know, he's, he, the shots he does hit, he's what he's open. I mean, he hits open shots. And so it, I don't know, man, I just want to reel people back a little bit. Yeah. So, so the biggest thing about Tyrese Halliburton is it's, this is a perfectly explanation of it. He's, he's doing, and he's, he's succeeding at exactly what is being asked of him. That's it right there. He's succeeding at what is being asked for him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. You know, he comes in, he's a ball handler. Hey, we need you to come in, distribute, and run the offense. If you have an open shot, knock down the open shot. All right? And, you know, tonight he had a little bit of an expanded role because of Darren Fox being out. So he had a career high, what, 17 points a game. Okay? He hit shots when he was open. You know, he distributed. He had six or seven assists. Awesome. That's what we need you to do. Okay, that's what that's what Tyrese Halliburton's role in the lineup is. And, you know, people just pump the brakes just a little bit. I saw a post today that said um, that he's baby magic. That's that's what somebody said, baby magic. And people got to realize he's more Michael Carter Williams than he's baby magic than than Magic Johnson right now. That's what pump the brakes, guys. He's played six games in the NBA. He's very good. I really do like him. I'm really happy they drafted him. Right. Especially, you know, I, I, I wanted a guy like Cole Anthony, who I think is going to be a good player, but I'm really happy with Tyrese Halliburton. He's really good. He does a lot of things that Sacramento doesn't have um, in their lineup and they didn't have it last year or the year before. He accomplishes a lot. He does a lot of good things, but we just got to pump the brakes pump the brakes first step is you know get consistent minutes and put it together for 30 games after 30 games then we'll start talking you know rookie of the year all right and then after this year if he can come out he can replicate and get a little bit better next year then we'll start talking you know where he falls in the landscape of the sacramento kings uh talent tier <laughs> you talked about these a little more i i, I wrote down in my notes because I, I i get once i see dumb takes i automatically sometimes like start getting oppositional and that's why i said when we when i brought this topic in i'm like i don't want to bring the guy down because i'm very excited by him i, I love it you freaking love to see it dude and 15.4th quarter tonight that was great you can count on him i'm, I'm excited i really think it i really think this is just he's a good great, player he's, he's, a, great, he's a really he's, good player this is, this is awesome it's not it's, so it's not that it's like is this guy Ricky Rubio, you know, because <laughs> that's the impact he's, he's having. His his defense is one of the things I will say. This good distributor, he's a better open shot shooter than I than I thought. Um, he takes his shot selection is smart. And I think that's what I do like about him is like he knows his limitations offensively, which is which is fine. But he was he was one for eight at one point going into the fourth quarter. Was, so it's like it's was. like he's this crazy super efficient, right? Um, one of the things that's overblown about him though is his defense and I got to address it. It's tough as a fan. You, you can't sit here and like critique defense so much um, to where we don't know right. It's, it's very difficult, but what you do know is that the guy, 
you know, Kobe White, which was his assignment tonight, dropped like 36 points. You know, so it's he didn't shut him down. He's not a lockdown defender. He's yeah. Both both guard positions went for 30 plus tonight. You know, so it's you know for someone to come out and say that his defense is you know is that you know I I would go more towards you know he's got good anticipation. Um, he's in the right spots, but his on-ball defense has remained to be seen, dude. Like, for people coming out and saying he's an elite defender, he's the best defender on the Kings, all this stuff, it's like, well, it's remained, you know, we haven't seen it yet. To be decided, all right? To be decided, we like what we've seen so far. Well, t- so I said, temper expectations, guys, but ex- excited to be excited. Be excited. Be excited. Praise things, but don't need to bring – anybody down and no need to elevate people where you, where you don't need to elevate them. Um, uh, wh- let's talk about the last couple games though, Ryan, because they went through kind of a shit, sh- uh, shit streak, the, you know, the le- coming into this game, really. I mean, close games versus the Rockets, they were winnable games, but you know, it's the Rockets are good. So whatever, you know, those are games that you can't sit here and be pissed off over. There was a couple key storylines that came out of that game. And then, and then really the Warriors game was the one which is like, you can't, yeah, that's a team that we put in the Kings tier uh, early in the season. As far as you need to kind of uh, hang with a team like this, they did not. Uh, what's the biggest problem right now for the Kings in those losses? What's their biggest issue? What's the hole in the roster that you're seeing that you want to address? Well, it's it's uh, depth and it's bench scoring. Bench scoring, man. That Warriors game, it was obvious. You know, it's really obvious. And, you know, especially like – like tonight, tonight was a night when Fox went down. I'm like, all right, where's the scoring going to come from? And it came from a couple of different places, just like it did early on in the season, right? If people don't, you know, don't forget the first game of the season, Corey Joseph came in and had like 14 or 15 points. And I remember seeing all over Kings like, oh, Corey Joseph, that was great. But now we're getting talks that Corey Joseph's barely an NBA player. That's what's going around in the, in the chat. Um, so, t- you know, I, I, I think – Bench scoring and lack of depth, you know, you don't want to roll out with lineups with Kyle Guy in it. I'm sorry. You know, you don't want to roll out lineups with Woodard and, and Ramsey and, and Met two in it like people are calling for. Um, you know, you want legit NBA players. You know, you're, you know, bare minimum, we want, what is it, GR3 is what they're, what they're calling him now. Glenn Robinson the third. That's, that's our bottom of the line guy that we need to have. And, you know, I think Sacramento could add – another score off the bench that's going to help us in those games like Houston where we fell a little short the other night against Golden State when you know we just weren't getting things going and you need a spark off the bench and I, I think a bench score really is really could help this team and I don't think Sacramento makes the playoffs without it that's the that's the tough part I think going into the season it's kind of a oh. Unfortunately, what we foresaw seems to be what the, what what the case is, you know. What we if you go back and listen, we did season preview, you know, one and two episodes. So check those out. Still relevant if you want to see those, you know, and see what we said. And that one of the things we talked about in there was that, which was the Kings are right in that tier. Their starting lineup is really good. They're about six or seven on a, you know, everybody's playing, everybody's rested, everybody's rolling. They can hang. But for a whole season, I don't think they can hang. An example of that is that those games against the Nuggets, where that was a Nuggets are a really good team, but the team the Kings were arrested. It was a good matchup for them. They can hang. But when they got to reach deep into like Mark Mark in in his bag, Jones says if if they need to reach into the bag, that guy dude every time in his bag is like Jesus fucking. What does that mean? I don't well, know. My you God. Know, you- 
I haven't listened to him once this year, dude. So I, you know, I'm one of those guys. I stream all the games, right? So I'm either at work. I, I watch every single game. Haven't missed one yet, but I stream them all. Like tonight was the first time that, you know, we've been at home in a while and he wasn't the call. It was uh, what's his name? Draper, right? That's his name. The other guy who filled in tonight, yeah, but I haven't heard the guy. So everyone, everybody keeps talking about in his bag. I ain't heard it yet. Every time I, I it's like, heard. my God, dude, get another call. But so when the, when the Kings need to, and I just did it as a joke, you know, when they need to dig deep into that lineup, and like I said, they've been playing eight guys. When they need to go nine or ten, and they need to rely for, for uh, production for nine or ten, not like, hey, eat these minutes right now while we rest nine and ten. It's like, hey, go out there and produce like that. They're not going to be able to do it. And so that's what we said is they need – the Kings are a bench player away. It's nothing major. It's nothing crazy. It's a bench player away. And that's where people criticize. Well, that's what Bokey, well, you know, can't overpay that guy. That was the whole point. But it does. It still means that you still need to replace bench production. I would say, honestly, Kent Bazemore, the feeling, like right now, they they kind of replaced Bogey with Halliburton's production. That's a wash to even me, more. to be honest. Yeah, even, even more because Halliburton's even a better – everybody thought – thought that he was a, a bogey How? was this facilitator he's not he's a no. shooter and a volume shooter Halliburton's a facilitator so they've replaced that production they have not replaced that Bazemore role last year which was just 10 11 points a game play the two the three you know they haven't replaced that and that's all they need you know it's really gonna show if Fox misses the next two or three games at home you know it you know we lost Halliburton at a bad time that we played some pretty good teams right we played a we played a Houston team that we don't match up well with uh you know John Wall super fast Christian Wood is really good down low DeMarcus Cousins is good down low uh Eric Gordon you know that's a good team that that has been in the Western Conference Finals recently um and then we go and play Golden State and you know they're that's starting five is legit they're gonna figure it out and that is a very good starting five and uh, you know, so we lost Halliburton and it really showed. And I think if we lose Fox these next few games, it's really, really going to show because now, you you know, you're going to have Halliburton who's going to step in and try to take Darren Fox's production. It's just not going to work. Right. I, I really think that Halliburton's going to get exposed just just a little bit and be a little less efficient when he steps into the starting role, if he has to, if Fox misses time. And then who's going to be able to fill Halliburton's production? So now instead of missing just Halliburton's production, you're missing half of Fox and Halliburton's production. So it's going to be interesting, man. And I and me and you have been saying it for the short season so far, but this is what the Kings are missing. They're missing that bench score, man. And I'm going to harp on it all year long. I think that if he does miss time, I think Hal Burton, the thing about Hal Burton is he'll get, he'll get the minutes and he'll produce and people will love him and he won't get the blame. I think what will happen is the blame will go to others. I think it'll go to Buddy Heald mostly because he'll be counted on to guard the best guard. He'll be counted on to shoot more and that's not what they should be counting on him for. I think, I think that the blame is going to go to the people that they don't like really. Um, Let's talk, let's let's talk about a little bit of positive, Ryan. Let's come, let's talk about two pluses on the team right now. So um, I'll start off with the the plus right now of the season. It for, it has really been uh, Rashawn Holmes has been. I got to give that guy a plus because we were we've we've been critical of Rashawn Holmes and we of his what we call limitations. And to this point, I I, I mean, I always believe that people regress to their mean. I think his mean has. Uh, he he's raised that a little bit in 
in the scoring department. The guy has has clearly worked on his offensive game and is a better, a little bit better offensive player this year. So, uh, like tonight, 20 points, a couple 20-point games. He wasn't doing that last year. So, you got to give that credit where credit's due right there. The defense, something to be desired. But is that is that fair? You know, you got to give that guy some love. No, that's, that's fair, you know. And I was hoping you were going to say him too because we have been a little critical over Sean Holmes. But, you know, it was because people were ready to – crown Rashawn Holmes as an MVP he got MVP chance last year and you know and me and you have always just kind of been the guys and just been like hey guys give it a while you know let him show what he can do in an extended period of time same as Halliburton this year Um, but Rashawn Holmes man he's played well you know honestly he's been you know one of the Kings top three players so far and uh, I'm excited but you know I would like to see him get a little better defensively he's undersized and he gets bullied a little bit down there. Um, you know, I just, I'm just a firm believer, dude, that you need a, you need a double double guy down low, uh, a legit double double guy down low to be a, a contending team in the NBA. And he, he's borderline that. He, you know, you never know if you're gonna get, you know, you can get nights with Rashawn Holmes where you get four rebounds. You get nights where you get twelve. Uh, you know, it's, it's. I would just like to see him elevate his game in the rebounding department a little more. It's always been my thing on him is that, is that rebounding and for him, it's whatever way the ball bounces. Cause that's what kind of rebounder he, he is. He's yeah. a, I'm going to get, yeah. I'm going to get their first rebounder, not a, I'm going to move guys in, in the whole position rebounder. Those are two different types of rebounders. That's the difference between Andre German and, and fucking crazy amount of rebounds every night. And a guy like this, right. Is you got him, you got to, move guys and hold your ground he's he's not that and that's where the the defense is the same thing for me where the thing about Rashawn Holmes I'll give uh credit to like Leo and for Cowboy Kingdom because he was a guy who he, he me and him went back and forth and he, he pointed out and it is true in that Rashawn Holmes is is the he's a big man who can get out to the perimeter and if someone takes him off the dribble he can he can take it take it back to the hole with him Whereas, like, you look at Whiteside, which we're going to get into Whiteside later. I want to get into that. But you look at a guy like that, you can't ask him to go out to the perimeter. If a guy takes him on the dribble, it's to the hole. It's, you know, yeah, there's no there. recovery. So, yeah. so there's some value there with a guy like that in the lineup. But it's, it's like you said, I, I, I think that Rashawn Holmes is a power forward. Before he came to the Kings, he was always listed as a power forward. If this was 2002, he'd be a power forward. And it's just kind of – there's some. I think there's a redundancy there between him and Marvin Bagley as far as what they do. I think that the goal seems to be the Kings. They want to play them together, but when you're strictly relying on Marvin Bagley for for offense and then just the 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 same type of hustle rebounds, you're lacking that interior defense, man. And so that's that's the thing, and that's where that's where we were kind of all off season calling for for a center. And so so let's move on to this, Ryan. We we finally get a center and uh, they're not fucking playing the guy, dude. Like we do, we, we deserve an explanation for this at some point. I need well, to know what's the, going the on. Only, the only logical explanation is they signed him for the minimum because they're trying to flip him for something at the deadline. That's the only logical explanation for him not playing. There is no reason why uh, Hassan Whiteside shouldn't have played tonight against a team like the Chicago Bulls. You know, I can, I, I understand him not playing against Houston. Okay. Um, you know, he played against the Warriors and he had the best seven minute stretch of anybody on the court. 
All right. And he, he sat the rest. I, I need explanation for that. And you know, you need an explanation for tonight because there's no reason he fit in perfectly tonight. And I, I think he could have dominated this game tonight. And, you know, the only thing I can think of is they, they must be, you know, just trying to get that at the trade deadline. That's it. That's the only thing I could think of. It's dumb. We want to, we want to win. And it was, it's tough when, when uh, it's like, it's not like the guy is this ultra ultra specialist who is like he he's worthless he's only worth rebounding in big body that's it like that's not the case he is he's shown that he the guy hit hits mid-range shots when he's open he's athletic around he's got touch around the rim he is big inside on offense he's not a liability on offense he's that i guess is what i'm trying to say he alters shots in the lane. He always gets three fucking blocks when he's in. Even if he plays like five minutes, he gets fucking three blocks. That's not, that's not even too much of an exaggeration. It's, it's, it's not like it's he like can't this. play. It's like this. You know, we said Halliburton, what Halliburton brings to the table is, you know, something that the Kings don't have. Hassan Whiteside does that for the same thing, but for the big men. You know, Halliburton brings in that playmaking, you know, making the right pass, uh, you know, playing smart within himself on – on offense, the defense, Halliburton, Hassan Whiteside does the same thing, right? He rebounds at an elite level. He blocks at an elite level. He led the league in blocks last year. And, you know, it, me and you really, really wanted him to come in here because we looked at it and said, hey, that's what this team is missing. We think that guy can come in. And even if it's 20 minutes a night, 18 minutes a night, that is a valuable piece to come in. And you got him for super cheap. It was best case scenario. And for it not to really happen, um, it's discouraging, man. It's like, well, you, you should have just honestly should have let the guy just go somewhere else and, and get his minutes, man. Because, you know, I, I, in in my head, I can't imagine Hassan Whiteside would have signed here for the minimum, knowing that this was the role that there was going to be right. Like I, I keep thinking about that. I'm like, did he really agree to come here to, to have a, a coach's decision? Do not play three of the last four games. It's a weird, weird thing, and I don't know if we're going to get a, uh, a thing. I think it's probably tra- it's trending in the direction of trade deadline comes up in a trade, kind of like Deadman last year, right? He wasn't playing, and then he's like, I want to be out of here, and then they got fined, and then they fucking ended up trading him. I, I mean, really, that seems where it's trending, which is very disappointing because um, I don't know, man. He, he's getting – he's getting. I mean, Bielisa is getting minutes, and Bielisa's – Bielsa played okay offensively tonight. He had a couple. Oh, he, you know, played, he played great. He played great tonight. He had thirteen. Yeah, switch hand layups, a couple shots. Uh, yeah. He's late. Yeah. He's slow as fuck on defense. He had about three fouls because he's just he's just lazy and he got beat. <laughs> and he's grabbed the guy. That's annoying. He plays. But, his, you know, he plays his role though. He plays. He plays within himself. He Bielsa does what he need, what we need him to. And that's my point though. As as should Whiteside get that opportunity. They got to yeah, find you're a right. way. You, you're hundred percent right. I don't want to sit here and call out the coach and do all that. It's not my thing. You know, I'm not a fucking coach. Who, I don't know basketball more than Luke Walton knows basketball. But to me as a fan who watches game, there's some questionable things within the rotation, allocation of minutes and stuff like that that I would like to see short up. I mean, I think that coaches, they get a pass. 20 games, they get a passes, you know, and, and we, we got to let them experiment but DNPs on the box score multiple times is alarming, um, especially when it's a need. It's alarming. Um, I wanted to ask you one thing, though, just to highlight as we're getting to the end, Ryan. Uh, Harrison Barnes, you want to talk about Harrison Barnes? Yeah, he's been the Kings MVP so far. I, I think well, without a doubt that he's been the Kings. <laughs> he's been the Kings' best player through eight games. I 
I really believe that he's done, you know, before the season, me and you had talked about it and we said, if this King, if this Kings team wants to be successful, Harrison Barnes needs to step up. Harrison Barnes needs to bump his averages from what it was last year, what 13 a game, he needs to bump it up to around 16. And instead of, you know, whatever six or whatever rebounds, he needs to bump it up to a little higher eight rebounds and be a little more involved and more consistent. Harrison Barnes has done that so far. He's played great. I'm happy for him. You know, this is the best he's played in a non-Dallas uniform. Um, it's the best he's played in Sacramento. Uh, so I'm, I'm just happy. He, he, you know, Harrison Barnes does something that nobody else on Sacramento does. And this is what's awesome. And, you know, guy, you know, you like when guys play their role and do what they're supposed to do. He, he's a wing scorer. He can shoot the three, but he also takes advantage of smaller players, right? So you see a lot of times Harrison Barnes with the ball on the block, you know, doing, you know, posting up a lot, doing little step throughs and, you know, doing what nobody else on the Kings team can do. And it's awesome. You know, you need a player like that. And it's just good when he's playing efficient and he's, you know, being the type of player that we wanted him to be before the season. He's two points up on the, the average uh, then last season, so 14, 14 now up to 16. I was prepared to come in and and really make my case on on HB this year because they paid the guy and they needed him to play a role. It's like if you're going to take 22 million and then 20 million this year, then you need to like there's some expectations on you. And I don't think last year he lived up to that. Um, you know, I hope he I hope he keeps it up this year because. I know you and I were talking the other day, and I was a little bit frustrated because there was a couple of games where, where HB had 10 points, 11 points, and 13 points. Those are stretches. And, and it, when we talked about when the Kings are playing eight or nine guys and you have a $20 million or $20 million a year wing player, you need him to play up to that role like pretty much every night. You can't have him not score in it, and it's – anytime I get frustrated with him, it's, it's always because it's like, I just want him. I just want to see that. I need it. There's we, he's the one guy in the lineup, right. That you have to count on the Mr. Mr. Consistent, right. He's the, 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 I'm going to say this, Ryan, he's the glue guy, right. That's what people like to say, but he's the guy who does a little bit of everything who can adapt. Right. I do that as a joke. I'm not a glue guy guy. I'm not, I'm not that type of guy, but uh, he, he's the guy who can adapt within a game and fill out the, the box score wherever you need him to be. And so when he doesn't do that, it's felt. So I, I yeah, it's good. To see, it's good to see it felt. I think overall, Ryan, diff, different, uh, different tone tonight uh, than the last couple of days, which is good. It's always better in Kings land when the Kings win. It always sucks when they get blasted guys. I, I don't know, Ryan, should we tell PSA guys, chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Chill out, lay please. off, lay off Marvin Bagley, you know, let, let him do his thing. For 30 games lay off Luke Walton I see a lot of stuff you know the one we're going to touch on this real quick because I see this a lot and I'm, I'm glad I remembered this so if people remember when we started off two and one or three and one or whatever the hell we started off as people were saying oh Luke Walton oh man he's so great this year he's really you know making good adjustments and the biggest one that I saw was his plays out of timeouts are just leading to points and it's blah 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 he's doing so great well, here we are a week later. We're four and three. We're a game above 500. And you go look on Kingsland and there's a lot of people who are calling for his head already. And it's ridiculous. Like, it's like, dude, you know, we're, we're eight, four and four, whatever we are, we're eight games into the season. It's like, stop calling for the coach's head. So, you know, Kingsland guys give, give Luke Walton, you know, 
at least to freaking March until the trade deadline. Give Marvin Bagley till the trade deadline. Give Buddy time. Buddy will find his stroke, I promise you. He's averaged 20 points a game the last two seasons. He's going to be up there. You know, bare minimum, 18 a game. Like, give them time. Yep. It's a long season. We'll be here next week. We're going to do a podcast this weekend. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be a Q&A. So if you want to be a part of the show, check out Kingsland and look out for a little announcement going in. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening. And like I said, if you ever want to be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. Uh, we're, we're active on a number of face groups. Uh, Facebook groups on there, including ours, Kingsland, public face group page. If you're not on it, get on that shit. Talk with us. Talk with other Kings fans. Have your voice heard. And uh, If you ever want to stay up to date with the podcast, you can check everything at our main account at Kingscast. Um, and then check out our podcasts every week. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.